Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen Zoom, das einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke podcast worldwide. This is episode 93 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. Joining me on the show, as always, is co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Not great, Richard. Um... And I'm sure there may be many of our listeners out there who are feeling somewhat similarly at the moment. Um, unless you've been living under a rock, you're no doubt aware of the events um, of the past week or so. Um, back on May 25th, I believe, a um, black man by the name of George Floyd was murdered at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer um, who placed his knee on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Um, <laughs> and it's it's difficult to imagine something like that happening to uh, him if he looked like me, um, if his skin looked like me, but it didn't. And unfortunately, that makes you a target in America today and America of the past as well. Um, and yeah so it's been a difficult weekend and a difficult week and it's going to continue to be difficult um as people are playing out their frustrations over this and, and trying to let those in power know that we're, we're fed up and we're tired of it um but anyway without <laughs> diving into uh too much of that um If you're interested in, in, in helping out or anything like that, uh, there's, a, there's a link in my Instagram bio with resources um, and donation links and, and that sort of a thing. I'm sure I can tweet that out or we'll put it on the Shalka Twitter account as well um, or my personal account, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of it's tough to be in the, in the headspace to talk about Shalka related things right now, but um, Weston McKinney uh, was in the news he for, a, for a related <laughs> um, topic, and that is because he, uh, on uh, in the match against Bremen this weekend, wore a armband that said uh, Justice for George yep. on it. Um, and so Weston McKinney, I'm proud to say, was the, uh, the first player in the Bundesliga, I believe, to make a statement about that. Um, uh, Jaden Sancho. Um, Difficult to give credit to our Dortmund rivals, of course, but some mm -hmm. things transcend sport. Um, followed suit a day later with a with a message on his shirt, um, which he was able to display because he scores goals, unlike anyone on Schalke at the moment. Um, but uh, major props to Weston McKenney for for that, and and props to Schalke for at least so far seemingly supporting that display, um, yeah. and at least at least the American account echoing that on Twitter. I don't know what the European accounts were up to, but um 
yeah, I, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words and I don't want to ramble for too long. I'm sure we've already been talking for several minutes, but, um, 30 minutes already. <laughs> if, if you want to add on that, Richard. No, it, uh, those are valid points. And, you know, it, life for us as Schalke fans, we're hard enough as it is, right? Uh, and then this trumps all that um, by far. And, and like you said, it does relate to Schalke in a way because McKenney was the first one. He did come out with that armband that said justice for George uh, this weekend, obviously followed suit by Jaden Sancho and Taram with uh, Gladbach as well. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was a strong display by him. And I know before the match, or during the match, actually, uh, the referee had asked um, McKinney to take it off, and he's like, "This is not a political statement. This is just a you know a social thing. I'm not going to take it off. Whatever." And the referee let him keep it on. So, I guess kudos to referee for not you know interfering with that. And I know at least with Sancho and Taram that the DFB were looking at possibly sanctioning them for their display of the T-shirts and whatnot. Nothing I've heard about McKinney yet, which is good. Um, it, none of this should be sanctioned, by the way. But uh, let me read a little bit um, about what he had. He had an interview, I think, I don't know if it was on Forbes or ESPN or where it was, but he had some words about this whole thing. And then bear with me for a moment. It's just going to be real quick. Um, so uh, when they asked him, he was talking to Rob Kidd. Uh, this is Weston McKinney. We're the only soccer league that's playing right now. All eyes are on the Bundesliga. So I felt there's no better way and no better time than now. Uh, the Bundesliga referee asked me to remove the armband. I was like, I'm not taking it off. There's DFB, DFL rule that, that you can make political statements, but I mean, if you really look at this as a political statement, and I don't know what to tell you. The Bundesliga and everyone in soccer always preaches say no to racism, so I didn't think that there would be any problem. If I had to take the consequences to express my opinion, to express my feelings, to stand up for what I believe in, then that's something I have to do. There are too many social injustices and too many people brutally, uh, in, too many brutality incidents where it says it's an accident. An accident happens once or twice, but when it's happened so many times like it has now, it can't be overlooked anymore. Uh, powerful words by Weston McKinney. Uh, I know Robbie Matano came out, I think, today, and he said that, you know, he didn't even know Weston was going to do this before the game. He just happened to see him in, in the lineup and be like, oh, you're wearing that. Because if I knew that, I would have done it myself as well. So we'll probably see more players, more Shaka players doing the next game because apparently it was an impromptu thing by McKinney. And so. Um, you know, kudos to him, kudos to Schalke, at least the American count, like you said, for standing up and saying something. But uh, yeah, it's it's not going to go unnoticed. It's obviously everywhere in the world is noticing this. Not And, and protests and, and whatnot is going on, not only in the U.S., but we've seen it in Europe, we've seen it in Asia, we've seen it uh, out in New Zealand as well. So it's, it's, it's a world thing at the moment. Yeah, and, and I hope that the DFB kind of continues to allow those things. Um, and, and doesn't try to take punitive actions against players during matches or, you know, outside of it as a result of that, because, you know, a lot of these clubs, including Schalke, um, you know, they sort of express the values that they claim to, to hold. Um, and I feel like, you know, uh, trying to give somebody a yellow card for that is, is sort of flying in the face of that. Um, you know, it's, 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 I understand the impulse to say, you know, keep your politics and your sports separate. Um, but, when it comes to things kind of like this, I, I, I just, it's what Weston McKinney said too. I, I don't think it's a political issue really. No, I don't either. Um, so I'm sorry, but yeah. And I apologize that I'm not more eloquent on this. I'm not the smartest person on these issues or, um, you know, the most, in, the most informed or whatever. And it's difficult to gather your thoughts in sort of an impromptu center like this. And I don't really feel like reading off of a cue card or anything, but um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know what else to say, man. It's it's been it's been a brutal week. Yeah, it has yeah. been. Uh I, I know it's been brutal here in DC. I know it as well as you in Chicago and all over everywhere in the world, especially in the US. So it has been difficult. Um we can try to talk shock, but it's not gonna make it any easier. Uh the last two games we thought we we're gonna have cakewalks in terms of who we played in terms of their their stand their their place in the standings. Dusseldorf we played on the twenty seventh. Uh, then we played, followed up with second to bottom Werder Bremen. Neither result went our way. Um, I'm going to share the, the the statistics, the screen up real quick. We'll go through the lineup for that game just so so we know who's played. Um, for for Dusseldorf, it was a fairly standard lineup. Um, Kasten Meyer in goal. You had Ion, a, Schalke, a former Schalke boy, Hoffman and Sobotka. Midfield, you had Zimmerman, Barisha, Stoger, Tommy, and Sutner. And then up top, you had Karaman, no relation. And uh, the guy we make look like Lewandowski, uh, Hennings. Um, so that was their lineup, our lineup for that game. Schubert in goal. That would be the last time we would see him in goal. We had in the back back five, really, of uh, John Joe Kenny, Salif Sane, Matias Nastasic, Bastino Chipka, and Weston McKinney, or at least according to this, this that I'm looking at. Uh, midfield, well, Kabak, not McKinney. McKinney is in the midfield with Kalajiri, Shofik, Batondo, and Bergstaller. Uh, not the most... Um, when you're playing a team like Dusseldorf, you're expecting to play an offensive style lineup. Both both teams really. Um, we did not show that at all. Uh, you know, looking at the t- statistics for that game, uh, we lose that match two one. Obviously, an opening goal by Weston McKinney in the 53rd minute. A great header. Uh, nice nice assist by Bastian Chipka to find a diving uh, McKinney for the header. But uh, and then the man we look like make look like Lewandowski, Rowan Hennings. He gets a goal in the 63rd every, minute. Every time, him and Daniel Byer do. I swear to yes, God, every time. And then that followed up uh, just a few minutes later by uh, Keenan Karaman in the 68th minute to make it two one. So we thought that was a pretty bad result considering we had the lead in that game. But that would not be the end of it, unfortunately. Um, first, before we get to the next game, what were your thoughts on that game? Uh, just overall, um, poor performance. Yeah, it really was. I mean, if we weren't in free fall prior to the suspension of play due to COVID-19, we're very much in free fall now. Um, And and these are, I mean, the Dortmund game, I mean, it's disappointing on a whole other level because of the fact that it was the Dortmund game. But, you know, you you can potentially excuse yourself for shipping goals off to a team like that that is as good as they are and they demonstrated that once again this past weekend but when it comes to teams like like Dusseldorf Bremen um it's it, I'm a broken record and I've said this a number of times but you know if Schalke have european ambitions these are these are teams that we need to be at least Bremen in their in their form this year Bremen is usually a, a better team than that or at least has been recently yeah. but um yeah it was incredibly poor and it, it's it's very frustrating to see david wagner he did this on the weekend too not just in the Düsseldorf game but he, he comes out in i mean behind the ball it's a, it's a five four one yeah yeah and it, it changes shape a little bit going forward um i mean i think uh i think off i think in the Düsseldorf game i don't you know honestly i don't even like half remember this i have not done nearly the prep that i would normally do um, just because, like I said, my head space has not been focused right. on this at all. But right. um, if I remember correctly, I think Robbie Matondo and maybe Daniel Calajari as well were almost kind of in like, like sort of like flanking forwards. It was almost like a, like a three, four, like two, one kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think going forward, that kind of a shape. But, um, but pretty, pretty negative. It's nice to see in terms of what the lineup was. It's nice to see Ozan Kabak and Salif Sane back in the lineup together. Um, you would think those guys would be able to make. 
uh, a, a huge impact on defense that wasn't the case um, because somehow we're still conceding pretty poor goals to a team like Dusseldorf. But um, I mean, I, I, I guess it, once again, this is all broken record stuff. I, I, I guess I just don't understand what Wagner's attempting to do here. I mean, the team is struggling to score goals. What have we scored now? Five goals in 12 games since the Winterpause? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Like, I think we've scored five goals, and I forget how many games it's been. But And so his his solution to that is, let's play a back five. Let's throw Bergstaller up top, isolated. <laughs> and then let's just play long balls. Like, I mean, it is it is pure shithouse football. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not, it's not good. And, and it's, it's really, and it's really unfortunate too, because, um, the, uh, more eyes are on the Bundesliga than there probably ever have been, which means more eyes are on Schalke than there probably ever have been. And there's a lot of people that are getting a first opinion of us. And, uh, I can't really say it's an unfair opinion based on how we've played over recent seasons, but like, yeah. this is what they're seeing. And it's, it is, it is such like just dour stuff. It's, it's really Really not good. Um, a buddy of mine who I, I got to, to jump on the Schalke bandwagon, you know, coming off the break, especially against Dortmund. After the Dortmund match, he's like, bro, give me my money back. What what am I watching? I'm like, I got nothing, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. Dedicated, dedicated listeners of the podcast will be familiar with uh, one Christopher Critty Smith. Um, yeah. Sympathy for the devil. Schalke are so bad right now. He is expressing publicly on Twitter sympathy for Schalke despite being – um, a Dortmund fan of the guy that generally gives us a pretty good, um, you know, joking, ribbing, that kind of a thing. So, uh, I mean, you can tell that, I mean, that's really how bad things have been recently. Um, Weston McKinney, uh, good goal. He was unmarked. I'm not going to get too excited about it. It's honestly the kind of goal that Weston McKinney should be scoring a lot more of. Yeah. Um, the goal he scored prior to the suspension of play where he kind of like ran through some people and got that shot out. It was at Hoffenheim, I think. Um, do you remember that goal? Yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't expect Weston McKinney to score a lot of goals like that, right? Um, that's not really the kind of player he is, but he is a player who is very effective in the air, and you would think he would be able to score headed goals like that on a more regular basis. And so, hopefully, that's going to be a thing. I would like to see that. And you know, he execute. I mean, you can't. He still has to put it away, and he executed it brilliantly, I think, and, and made fantastic contact with it. It was a great header, but um, not particularly good defense by Dusseldorf there, and not a whole else created by us the rest of the game. Jake Carnell um, brings a good point. Look, and then questions on the on the screen here. Final possession stats for Dusseldorf game. Dusseldorf, 67% of the ball. We got 33%. That is absolutely ridiculous. For a team of that of our standard and their standard, that is ridiculous. They, they're not Byron. We're making them look like Byron. And keep in mind, some of that is going to be a, a natural result of, of what Wagner's trying to do on the pitch. And you can tell a lot of that is, is the long balls and the dump-offs and that sort of a thing. Um, and so when you play that style of football, your your possession percentage is inherently going to be less uh, just because it's, it's not a high percentage possession way to play football. Um, but even so, that that statistic is, is a pretty there's a pretty stark difference there in terms of what's going on. Yeah, and like, it's, it's embarrassing to have that to have that happen. So if anything was going to go our way, uh, we had that glimmer that we're playing Verder next because uh, they're one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, overall this season uh, and look at the lineups in that one um, it wasn't much better for us we came out with uh, Nubel in goal well, that's a very contentious situation now in goal they had a back three of Kabak, Sane, Tadibo uh, then you had Kenny and Miranda in the midfield 
or or dropping back and depending depending on if the ball's in position or not. McKinney, Schoff, Kalajiri, Matondo in the middle with Gregorich up top. That's not much better. I mean, all you really did was switch Berkshaler off for Gregorich, same player basically, and not much else. I mean, yeah, you got Tadebo in this time, but the result was exactly the same. We played in a one-four-five basically for the game, um, and we made we made Werder look very very good in that game, and it was uh, the result. It was in the proof in the pudding. One nothing. We we I mean a great goal by Bincourt, no doubt about it. But look at the look at the statistics. Fifty-eight percent for Verter, forty-two for us. Um, Nineteen fouls are pretty even. Yellow cards are pretty even. Uh, but you know, shots on goal. We ha- apparently we had twelve. I missed those twelve. Apparently, one only one on target. They had two on target. One was a goal. So not much better for for stuff that we were doing in that game. I mean, uh, another poor performance and another opportunity where we we had we could have put the front foot. Uh, you know, put our um, our onus against the opposition, and we didn't. We let them take the control of the game. Another team that should have no business outpossessing us were bossing us all game long. Who would want to be a striker on Brayman? I mean, or Schalke, but I mean, yeah. to do all that work up top just to have Bittencourt just take horrible shots. Yeah. Like, and, and listen, he, he scored it, and it was it was fantastic, but like, yeah. he does this all the time. I mean, it just takes like wild low percentage shots, and I mean, you're going to get one every once in a while, but um yeah but you know just just another pretty brutal performance listen i'm not i'm not really uh particularly fond of the weston mckinney alessandro chef pairing um neither am i in in sort of holding midfield i understand the you know the, the players that we don't have at our disposal right now the likes of uh suat serdar and amina reed and, and omar mascarell even you know stan Bowie, not getting selected or healthy you know for a while um all, all these people um that potentially would do a better job there but um Weston McKinney with I think the sort of the the deficiencies that I think a lot of people would agree that he has in his game um which primarily are somewhat technical in nature um I, I think if you're going to put Weston McKinney in a midfield two or like a double pivot I'm not saying it was a double pivot in this situation but like if you're going to partner him there you need to partner him with somebody that that is a ball playing defensive midfielder in yeah. my opinion, yeah. Mariscarell can do that job. You know, Stan Bouley has been that for a long part of his career. Um, and, and even, uh, and I was having a conversation um, with, with you know, Renee on on, on um, Twitter, and, and he was even saying, you know, I, I would put Serdar in that kind of a spot too. And even though I think Suat Serdar is, you know, is, is better, you know, going forward, um, even a player like that, who's, who's just a better ball playing um midfielder would, would be a good option to pair with him. I, I just think Shuff has been super anonymous in these past two games. Um I mean how I mean do you even remember him being out there? I and, don't. I really don't remember anybody being out there. And really it wasn't until the second half, honestly. That's, that's fair too. That's it's fair true. Fair. Isn't yeah, that not true? I mean, yeah. It wasn't until the insertions of Ramana halftime and Ochipka. Uh Bujilov came on the fifty fifth, Kutuchu in the fifty eighth and oh Burks on the eightieth. But there's first four substitutions. Once those four substitutions came on there was a new life to Shaka. Shaka looked a little bit better in the second half against Bremen than they did in the first half or the, or the game against Düsseldorf because they had the younger players. I in. wasn't, I wasn't thrilled about him just immediately being like, let's go just go back to the diamond again because my yeah, yeah. five four one isn't working because he had, he hasn't, he apparently has no ideas besides, you know, the diamond anyway. But, <laughs> but the point you make is, is, is valid. I, I think he basically said, I have five substitutes at my disposal. 
this isn't working. I'm just going to replace half the team. <laughs> and it, it made a difference. Did we score? No. Were we still bad? Yes. Yes. But were we getting forward a lot more? Yeah. And we we seem to be living in their final third for yes. a much larger percentage of the second half. And 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 it's just it, it's just the people he brought on, especially the younger kids. They're just more lively. Yeah. Um, I mean, Katuchu especially. Like, and he hasn't he hasn't been great. No. Um. In his appearances, I, f- I think since since uh since play has resumed, um, I haven't been like wowed by very much that he's done. But he. But I mean, like, he's what, trying. Is, what is the argument for Bergstaller at this point? What is the argument for Gregorich? I don't understand it. And I mean, I'm I'm not trying to throw the season away at this point, but like, based on how we have started post suspension of play, we're not going to make Europe this season. Yeah. What's the gap now? Like ten points. Something like that. Well, I think it's more than that now. It, it, might, it might be more. I, have, I haven't looked at the table. We're not going to make that. So, so what? So what? What is the point of of playing a five-four-one with a number of lone players who aren't going to be here next season, and playing that kind of negative football with with? I mean, like just just play the play the kids, man. Like, yeah. Put like there is no reason for Katuchu to not be starting games. I don't understand it. So we're and, technically, I mean, and, and, and yeah, I mean, Bujaleb, play Bujaleb more. I don't care. I mean, get him on. Yeah, no, no, 100%. And actually, looking at the table right now, we're only five points out of the last European spot. But after that, it's uh, they are nearly 20 points ahead of us. Leverkusen, who are in fifth, are 20, 19 points ahead of us. Yeah, wow. I mean, it, it wow. just happened like that. I mean, it, it, so that, that's the thing. I mean, like, what we're doing right now isn't working. And if we were close to Europe still, I could maybe understand it by saying, like, yeah, we brought these guys in on loan. We need them. I'm going to yeah. play them. And we have, you know, the, the veteran experience. And maybe I think our best chance is to grind out games in this kind of BS style of football. Like, maybe I get that. But I feel like we're kind of past it at this point. Yeah. We're not going to get relegated unless we just lose every game. But, I mean, like, I mean, we have, enough points. <laughs> I'm saying we have enough points at this point for yes. safety historically. You know, we, we're up close to 40 points. Like, that yeah. is pretty much good for safety in any season. Um, So, I, I don't understand what the argument at this point is. To just, I mean, David Wagner, pick a new system, try a new style of play, do something. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't care if you haven't drilled it at all, really. I mean, just, just show us that you have more than like two or three ideas. Um, and there's nothing to lose at this point. There, there really isn't. And then to one other thing, real quick, just to go back, like, what is Nubel doing in goal? Hmm. You've already destroyed Marcus Schubert's confidence by the way you've handled this entire situation. Yeah. What is what is what is the harm in just leaving him out there and yeah. getting him the match minutes? You're only going to hurt him more by taking him back out. Once again, we're not going to get relegated. We're not going to make Europe. We don't need Nubel in there to improve our performances. The whole thing to me just reeked of David Wagner scapegoating Marcus Schubert as the reason for our recent performances. And this is the most critical, I think, of, of Wagner I've ever been on this podcast. I'm actually kind of heated right now. Um, I, I typically have, have kind of defended the guy. But, like, why? Why? Like, I mean, I had a tweet that, like, went – you know, went off at least relative to how my tweets typically do. Um, and basically I said, you know, like I, I talked about Schalke's goal scoring record and then it's just like David Wagner's solution to that is I know what I'll do. I'll change my goalkeeper for the fifth time. <laughs> yeah. What? Like, it, yeah, it, it, I, I don't get that at all. It, there's news coming out today that we're going to look for um, to bring a new goalkeeper in to partner with Ralph Fairman for next season while they move Schubert out on loan. Um, I mean, yeah, why not keep him there with Fairman and keep Fairman yeah. play Fairman and let him learn from Fairman? I mean, I feel I feel bad for Schubert. He was playing fantastic at Dresden, and we plucked him out of that and then put him in a bad situation. 
and then have just completely played games with his confidence by taking him in and out. I mean, it's like we do with, with Twicker yeah. too. Remember, I mean, Twicker's had more opportunity than he had, but same thing. He was doing well at, at um, uh, Nuremberg, and then or Skripsky. or Skripsky. Yeah, I anybody mean, else? Yeah, it just, yeah. Schalke just like to just destroy. <laughs> Destroy, and I mean, part of that's just because we, we tend to recently, because of financial issues, we're buying a lot of players from the fight to Bundesliga, and you know maybe some of those guys weren't really going to cut it at the next level anyway. Yeah. But it, it certainly seems like we have a habit of uh, derailing people's confidence. So um, unfortunate, another brutal performance, another loss, and uh, in it, 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 it's frustrating to see David Wagner continuously put the emphasis on individual mistakes as the reason for these results. I'm not saying that players aren't making individual mistakes. Players have made plenty of individual mistakes. The goalkeeper situation is almost entirely a result of the individual mistakes that those two goalkeepers have made over the course of the season. But David Wagner needs to take some personal responsibility. And I think that would buy him some credit with the fans. If he actually comes out after a bad performance and say, I am not doing a good enough job with this team. This is a coach. Keep in mind a manager that is that came to us with a reputation for maximizing what he had on the pitch. Hey, I can get, I can pull really competitive performances out of a team with no resources. Schalke have more resources than Huddersfield. Yes. Where is that success? First I mean, is, is, it just, is it just another case of Schalke being a chaos club and just ruining another coach? I mean, I, I don't do not understand it, but like, I mean, he. It, where where is the football that we thought David Wagner was going to play, or that we were playing a little bit earlier into the season? And that goes I mean, back to my question I had a couple of weeks ago: is that you know we were not, playing not even pressing, well. we're not even pressing anymore, we're not doing anything, we're not doing anything. Well, like I mean, everyone's like you know David Wagner's great in the Schalke, but they're you know they're hardworking pressing. Like we're not even doing that. No. We're just sitting behind the. It's it's terrible. Go ahead, yeah, and offensively. Our guys are just standing around. They're not pressing, like you said. They're not moving around when we have the ball. They just stand there hoping to get the ball, and then they can do something with it. You're not going to do anything with it. You watch any good club, any good scoring club, everyone is moving in the front end and the final third of the pitch, trying to get open, trying to create spaces. No one is doing that right now. And, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, let's just put in a goalkeeper. Uh, it'll solve all our issues. We've had one goal since we, this is in our fourth game now. One, we scored one goal uh, since we've been back from break. That's obviously not the goalie's fault. Yeah, and, you're, and like you said, you know, you we're ruining Schubert's uh, mentality now and putting in a noob and all that stuff. It, it's 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 frustrating. And, um, yeah, and I don't remember if it was you on Twitter or if this is the announcers in the game. It's been a crazy week, as you mentioned, with everything that's going on here in the U.S. Uh, but somebody mentioned that. And I, I apologize, whoever it was. Maybe it was you, Jack. Uh, but you were saying, like, you know, uh, why are we playing the low knees and people who don't even care at the moment? Why are we playing the young guys who are going to try? As we saw when Ramon and Bujaleb and – and Katucci all came in in the second half. They looked better just because they were trying harder. All these low knees. Why are we giving? Why are we even giving them minutes? Why is Miranda getting minutes? Why is Tadebo, even though we like Tadebo, why is he getting minutes over somebody who, um, you know, who's a st- yeah, well, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not buying. Yeah. Them, we don't have the money for it. We know that right. he's gone. So why are we playing them? I don't know. Put Timo Becker in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Put the whole in there. I mean, yeah, dude, I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. It, there's not a whole lot you could say about it. David Wagner continues to demonstrate, um, at least by what we're seeing on the pitch. And once again, I understand it's easy for us to criticize when we know very little about what's actually happening. And, and David Wagner has forgotten more about soccer than I will ever learn. But um, it, it's very frustrating when he continues to demonstrate a lack of ideas and a lack of um, interest in rotating the selection or giving chances to the guys. And it's not even like give a chance to the youth for youth's sake. It's give a chance to the youth because it's better. 
like Ahmed Katuchu is better. It's not, oh, he's a promising young Kapashmita no, product and we need to let him get experience and grow. It's like, no, he doesn't need experience. He's already the best striker we have on the team right now. So I think Phil Bonnier or, or maybe it's our uh, our buddy James Thurgood said it that, you know, Katuchu is our best uh, best attacking option at the moment. Why isn't why aren't we playing him? Absolutely. Mr. Bob, my buddy, Mr. Bob Lex, uh, he asked the question, are the goalies facing too many shots? No, no, they're really not. And we don't understand why Mr. Uh, Mr. Wagner isn't playing the players, the young players, you know, playing for the future. We're just, like you said, there's no way we're going to get relegated at this moment. I mean, it has to be some kind of crazy things going on that, that have us get relegated. It's very unlikely. So just play your youngsters. Let them get the minutes, the experience that they need. Um, this is obviously a, a crazy situation already with the pandemic going on and, uh, just let them play. Let them play. I don't see what the big deal is. And we're gonna we're gonna see this next game, which is against Union Berlin on on the seventh, which I think is a Sunday. Um, it's gonna be the same lineup again. Watch. Similarly, you can probably see Berkshire back in the lineup. It, it's not gonna make sense. I'm I haven't looked at Scott or anything, so um, the, the data I'm using is from Yahoo Sports, and I don't know where they get that from or how accurate that is. But um, six shots from Bremen on the weekend, two on target. Yeah, and we lose one. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's not that. Um, although I will say, as far as facing shots goes um as much as i defended schubert i do think one of the deficiencies i've noticed in his game is that he seems to have a difficult time um in situations where he can't catch a shot he's a difficult time clearing it from danger to the sides was that the henning goal against dusseldorf where he yeah i think it was one of them um parted right back into a dangerous play and it ended up scoring well i mean slow reactions on that one from the shalga players a lot of people that were just kind of watching that happen um but Anyway. Yeah, it, it's it's we don't know what's going on right now with 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 the team, with the manager, with the selection, with the players. Uh, it's definitely a crazy time. We did ask, you know, some we we did pose a question, send us some questions. Which what do you guys want to hear? And we knew it's going to be some interesting questions. Uh, first from the friend of the show, Joseph Lacrida, he says, "Why do we suck?" <laughs> and he says, "No, just kidding." Uh, I noticed our second half was a lot better. We were sending guys forward. We also threw the young guys on, and they did well. Uh, what do you guys think about that? And then he, the caveat, the PS, Wagner out, or is it a player issue? Uh, we kind of we kind of did talk about you know the players uh, play the youngsters, let them play. They they have the more most drive at this moment. I think that's part of why we looked a little bit better in that second half is the youngsters were trying more, right? They they're they're fighting, they were hungry, uh, trying to get some goals, and I think that's why we look better. I mean, Jack, do you think anything differently? No, I mean it's what we said. I mean he replaced like half the squad. <laughs> I mean yeah. it's uh, yeah it. I, I it's hard to imagine that anything he could have done at that moment would have made us worse. So yeah, I mean I agree I agree with uh, the, the take there that we definitely got better in the second half. And as far as the Wagner out question, um, if if Drizzle Crit is asking right now, uh, yeah. no, I would say no. I don't really see what the point of that would be yeah. unless you're unless you're just you know particularly fond of Hoop Stevens and, and want to see him again for some reason. Uh, uh, but. Yeah, I don't see any point in making that change at this point in the season. Uh, but as far as going forward into into next year, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, and I was optimistic about this one, man. This is what happens with Schalke. It's a revolving door of managers, and it's just, I, I, it's, I don't know. yeah, it's a backroom staff. It's a players on the pitch. It's oh, it's a revolving door all the way around. I think Lane Plummer said it a week ago or so. You know. It's the same thing. If we if we get rid of Wagner, especially during the season, it's just continuing the problem of a revolving door and it's not solving anything. And I do want to see him stick out the season. 
if they somehow turn it around, maybe we got a chance for next season. If it if he drops majority of the of the remainder of the games, yeah, maybe something looks somewhere else. I mean, I don't know. It's it's getting tougher and tougher to support him, as as you said. Uh, we've been very very much behind him, you know, through most of the podcast through the season, but it's getting harder and harder, especially when he's doing the same thing over and over again. It's madness. It's insanity. It's like it, it, the reason I'm, we were all so optimistic about this is, I don't know why I pronounced optimistic, optimistic. But, uh, <laughs> Salables. Straight, straight, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I drew you up. No, 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 that's my fault for, for <laughs> speaking weirdly. Uh, anyway, part of the reason we were so excited about this hire and thought that it was a good hire was, okay, so one, obviously, former Schalke player, Okay um you know for coached in germany so he has that whole whole thing going for him um but you know the, the style the style of play it, it's a it's a hard working style of play which very much fits the ethos of the club and what you know what, what the supporters respect and then as i already said he had, he had a reputation for for getting a lot out of a little and we knew going into this season what the squad looked like and we knew the squad was not good it was not good enough. And so I, I predicted that Schalke would finish, I think, ten, I forget off the top of my head now what it was. It was either 10th or 11th. Yeah, I think you said something around there. Preseason. Now, earlier in the season, we were, we were you know, surpassing those expectations. And there were times in the, you know, we looked pretty good. Um, but that has fallen off the wagon. And, I mean, if we if we end up finishing kind of below where I predicted, then I'm going to be fairly fairly negative on on, on Wagner just because I thought, I thought that mid table, like tenth, was a fairly reasonable position for us, given what the squad looked like. And I had I had optimism that we might be able to finish higher, given Wagner's reputation. And if if we can, if we can't even get to that point, like it's just not a huge endorsement of him. Yeah, and uh, one of the questions Mr. Bob asks is who would come in instead of him. You you mentioned Hoop Stevens. Um, it's probably the most likely scenario there. Well, caretaker, right for the end of the season. Right. I mean, I know Eric Houston said Niko Kovic is out there. That would be an interesting name, but I doubt that would happen. I think the most likely candidate would be uh, Hoop Stevens, as he always is the caretaker, even though he said he'd never do it again. But we've heard that story before, right? Um, am I hallucinating, or did I see something on Twitter this past weekend about like Thomas Tuchel and Schalke? I would not be against that, but that's a lot of money. May, may He's happy been, at PSG right now. I mean, that, that would cost a lot of money. I'm sure that was a dream, and I don't know why he would want to do that. But um, anyway, Kovac, I feel like at this point, might have um, higher ambitions than Schalke. Um, yes. he, had success, he had success at Frankfurt, and then he got the Bayern job. Unfortunately lost that but now that he's had kind of a taste of, of of Bayern you might think that he's looking to kind of go I mean there aren't a lot of Bayerns in the world but he might be looking for a job that's bigger than what Schalke are at this point in time and what and their prospects look like for the next couple of seasons I think the same would be said about Thomas Tuchel though you know there is a little caveat that he does hate Michel Zorg uh, for for Dortmund so maybe he just wants to spite Dortmund now and he would come back for that but that's the only scenario I could see because he also is playing at PSG and probably has higher hopes now uh, he's looking you know, to win Champions Leagues now and not, you know, go back to Germany. And, and if it's not at, you know, Bayern. The, guy's, the guy's also like a sociopath. And I don't really want that at my club. But, uh, you know, at the same time, maybe that's what we need. Because David Wagner seems like a nice guy. Tedesco is a really nice guy. You know, Jens Keller looked like a nice guy. But the people that have been uh, kind of crazy have gotten the best results. And that's like Felix Magath and Roberto Di Matteo. <laughs> with this Champions League run to some extent. Yeah. And those are guys that I feel like generally have a reputation of being a lot more intense and kind of off the wall. So maybe that's what this club needs for some reason. But um, yeah. I, and give I, him I, free reign to be psychopathic, you know, psychotic. Yeah. 
I haven't put a whole lot of thought into the manager thing just because I didn't really even think that was going to be a thing un until very, very recently. But we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Tuchel is obviously, you know, very unlikely that he would come there. And like I said, I don't even know if that was real. I, I don't know where I saw that or if I'm making that up, but. Hopeful thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Glenn William asked on, on Facebook, uh, with the announcement that Stambouli, Kalajiri, Kenny, Tadibo will not be returning and probably and most likely Miranda, we know that for sure. Who and uh, who and how do you think will replace those players? Ideally, who will be our right back? Um, I'd like to see some of the Kanapachini players just to see what they are made of. We've seen a little bit of uh, Timo Becker uh, lately. Um, I would just want to see what they got. You know, we've we've relied on our youth for many years, for decades. Let's see what they got. Maybe someone's going to surprise us. Uh, obviously, uh, Malik Tiao is, is a name that we've all been uh, heard about that's been really promising. Supposed to be uh, Joel Matip 2.0 give him an opportunity he's been on the bench a couple of times one brief appearance for like a minute um so you know that's what i would say i don't know given the current financial uh situation with shalka especially after this whole covid19 thing we're not gonna be buying anybody free chances yeah. anything or loans and when it comes to like to debo i don't think we need to replace to debo i think the only reason we brought him in in the first place is because of you know how decimated our back line was um so i would agree with you i think if everyone's healthy we should be fine and if not we should be able to supplement that with um, players from, uh, you know, the youth team of the reserves. Uh, right back is going to be an issue, potentially. And I think it kind of has been for us for a while, actually, maybe even since as far back as, like, Cheetah leaving. Um, I just feel like we haven't had a consistent presence. And, like, you know, Calgary has done a good job there at times. and has played back there a lot, but he's also played going forward and is kind of just in this weird no-man's land. As far as, like, you know, a player like Ochipka, who is a left back and consistently plays left back. Um, I, I feel like we've kind of struggled to bring somebody in who's either done a good job or stayed there for a while. So that's going to be an interesting uh, topic um, going to the offseason. Maybe I'll maybe I'll touch base with with my buddy Aiden, um, AR Data Analysis on Twitter, and see if he has uh, a read on any uh, affordable young prospects at right back for us that we could bring in, and maybe we can talk about that next week. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see him uh, see his take on this. Our next matchup doesn't get any easier. Uh, it's against Union Berlin, who are doing fairly well this season for a promoted club. Um, this will be at their home, I believe. Uh, last game for them did not go too well against. Tough place to play, What's that? Tough place to play though. They've gotten results there against like Dortmund and a number of other teams this season. So Bayern, they played well against. Yeah, they took uh, down Freiburg there. Yeah, they're very good at home. The one thing that's in our favor slightly, if anything, is that there are no fans there. Those fans can be uh, uh, really pressure cooker there, and it's really a really daunting place to play. It's a fun, fun stadium to to watch games at or to watch on TV at. I haven't been there yet, but um, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. They're they're far better at home than they are on the road, uh, considering they lost four one to Gladbach last last game out. So they're going to be looking for uh, to to knock that bitter taste out of their mouth and. We're struggling to score. Um, I know Shaka UK, their um, their Twitter page. There, we always uh, have a good chat with them. He made they made a prediction there about how our results would look, at least how many goals we'd be giving up. You know, it started with four with Dortmund. He said, you know, three, two, and one. And he got he's been right so far. Nostradamus. So, you know, so Nostradamus, maybe he's calling for a zero zero game against uh, Union Berlin because we're not scoring goals lately. So, um, what do you think is going to happen in that game? It's like you said, it's a tough place to play. Uh, no idea. Yeah, uh, I can pretty I can pretty pretty comfortably uh, say that the lineup will probably be similar to what we saw. It'll be Greg Richard seller. And I'm sorry I don't have more insight than that, but like I, I honestly don't know. Well, we can't read Wagner. We don't know what he's gonna do. 
is it possible that we could randomly show up and put in a performance like we did against Gladbach with like a similar team selection? Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. but do you find that likely given how things have been going? No. So, I mean, I expect Union Berlin to be very much capable of, of being our match in that game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, potentially beating us. So we need to score a goal to have any chance in that game. I think they will score at least one. Tends to be the case usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's how this works. And, uh, you it's play like, to win the game. Yeah. You play to win. Yeah. It's just haven't done a good job of that recently. And, uh, you know, if you're not doing at least that, you're going to, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, one goal is not going to, I mean, Dusseldorf, but wasn't enough against Dusseldorf, right? No. Um, could have been enough for something against Bremen, but you can't you can't bank on your opponents, um, you know, scoring zero or one in pretty much every game. Uh, so you you need you need to turn up the goal production for sure. Yeah, we're gonna probably score like five goals now out of, out of the blue with Bergstahl or something. I would be happy to be wrong. Yeah, me too. Uh, I would love to see a lineup just you know with all the youngsters in it starting up and just see what happens and then watch them get a performance and then get a result and then we go back to the same same old same old. What if Bergstahl scored five goals in eight minutes and beat Lewandowski's record? We get him on the show as soon as possible, I guess. I mean, especially if Phil Bonnie was on the call again, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> Jake uh, Jake Parno says, "I bring back Rafinha for right back. I miss those good old days." Yeah, if he'll leave Bayern, um, is he even there? Where's he now? Is he retired? I don't know what the heck happened to him. That's what I'm saying, though. Is like I, I feel like around the earlier part of the decade, we had that that position was fine. We had Rafinha, and and everything. And then I feel like since since that, that's just been a position that we've never really locked down for any significant length of time. And the people we've seen, I mean, like Sasha Reeder being on the squad, like, come on, like at that point in his career, really ever. <laughs> Junior Kaisara, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, yeah, remember him? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Like, what was that? Like, I mean, it just, you know. And so I said, like, I mean, we're bringing in Kenny on loan just for this season. That's not even like a permanent player. And then Calajuri's kind of been swapping back and forth. It's, 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 it's crazy. Rafinha is a flamingo, according to Eric Houston. Uh, thank you, Eric. That's uh, good to know. I wasn't sure if he was gone or still at Byron or what. So, uh, flamingo or flamingo? Flamingo, flamingo, flamingo. I don't know. Uh, maybe he's dancing. I don't know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> forward Madison FC. Uh-huh. Go, the, the Go Mingos. Forward oh, Madison FC, the Flamingos. Is that where you're at? Yeah, that's exactly where yeah, he's yeah. at. <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, that's all I got and all I really want to talk about tonight. I mean, isn't that a bird? <laughs> it is a bird. That's where he's yeah. playing. He's playing with his bird there. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll stop, stop right there. We're going off the rails here. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to talk about tonight? I mean, not not much good to talk about with Shaco or anything else at this matter. But um, yeah, not not really. Um, we're at about forty minutes right now, and and less than forty minutes has been spent on Shaco, and I think that's probably too much as it is, given <laughs> given how things have been going. So uh, yeah, let's cut it there. All right. Well, that uh, that wraps that one up. Keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Shaco for providing tidbits on our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss continues to send them to us at you know at tweet at shock america or on facebook or on instagram um we want to give a good shout out to our good friends at nbc nbc for nashville messing that one up jack uh where can our followers find you on social media uh jm mangan j-m-m-a-n-g-a-n on twitter got it right that one right last time i butchered that i think twice in a row was it yeah i just could not say it um Got got the wheels back on this time. Uh, uh, like I said, li- link in my bio on Instagram to uh, to resources and, and donation links if you if you want to help out in this current situation. Uh, my Instagram is Jack underscore Mangan. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll probably tweet something similar out on, on Twitter if you already follow me there, and it's easier. So, 
Yeah, we'll make sure to send out that link. Uh, it's an important cause, important thing to get get re- get behind, and the right reasons, uh, and doing it, doing it in a way that will actually make an impact. So, thank you, Jack. As always, you can find me at r underscore k h a r m a n on all your social medias. Uh, until the next time comes, my friends, stay ready, stay well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Shoes.